Welcome to the Premium Property Podcast. Created by two beginners, it is the perfect listen for those of you who are just finding your feet in the property industry. We will ask questions that other beginners, just like us, have been waiting to hear, and we will be learning along with you. I'm Harley. And I'm Guy. And this is the Premium Property Podcast. In this week's episode, we speak with Zoom Properties. These guys are absolutely killing it in the service accommodation business at the moment. On this episode, we speak about what makes a successful SA business, how to deal with nightmare tenants, and much more. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Welcome to the um, podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Um, you're the first guest that we've had on who does service accommodation and... Um, oh, well. You're both smashing it at the moment, so um, it's a perfect first guest. So yeah, welcome. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank Thanks, you, guys. thank you, thank you. Yeah, man. Obviously, um, we were invited by you guys. Thank you for inviting us as well, because this is our third podcast as well. Like, it's, it's gonna, it's a different experience, but you know what? We like to give give information out and just help out the, as the most we can, and just let people know what 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 to look for, what the mistakes that we've gone through and how to overcome them kind of mistakes. So, yeah, man, thank you guys for inviting us, man. Pleasure. Yeah, yeah, no worries at all. Um, obviously, we we had you on Future Minds and uh, the, you gave so much value on there. So we thought we've got to get you on the podcast and uh, hope and you can then bring that value to the podcast as well. So, yeah, um, thanks for coming on, guys. Future Minds is amazing as well, man. Future Minds, that's a that's that's a really good group, man. Amazing group. I, I wish when I was younger, I, I knew about something like Future Minds because that's an amazing group. Amazing group. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. So yeah, uh, with you guys, then for those who maybe aren't sure what you do or, or who you are, um, could you just tell us a bit about yourself and your your background? Um, yeah, so basically we're Ilya and Fella. Um, we started property about a year ago, uh, so summer like 2019. We went to Samuel Leeds uh, free crash course weekend and then, yeah, we took it from there. Got our first essay in September, got our second one in December and then we took on three over COVID and lockdown and everything. Um, on top of that, obviously, we're both studying as well. I'm finished now i was doing biomedical sciences and fellow studies property investment at uni um and we're based in birmingham i think that's about yeah it. Oh, so we're called zoom property yeah. yeah yeah brilliant um yeah so obviously fellow with property investing at uni do you do you think that's a good course to do because obviously that's quite a hot topic so just on that one do you think that's a good course to do to do at uni um okay that is you know what yeah that's a, that's a good question it's really hard to say because i would say to do it at uni because doing it at uni doesn't really teach you how to do it by yourself however it does help in terms of like i'm not when i when, when we started property me and leah I, I didn't go into it blind. I didn't go into it not knowing anything. I went into it, you know what? I did, I've, I've done it at uni for two years so far. 
and I kind of know what I'm doing. I kind of know, okay, for example, what's a lease? I, I, I didn't know that, like, speaking to a lot of people like, that want to start up a property, some, some people don't know what a lease is. So, for me, that was like second nature. I knew that straight away. And that's from uni. What's a license? I knew that straight away. That's from uni. What's this? What's that? What's a break code? What's, what's a, like, uh, what's the difference between a um, AST and uh, and have it and getting a, a, um, a, what do you call it a company company let agreement? I knew that straight from doing that at uni. So yeah, in them terms, it does help. However, I still like everyone else. I still have to still have to do my own research because I want to. Because when you want to do this as a business for yourself, because at the end of the day, uni teaches you how to do it in a company in a big company who already have for example all the systems in place you already have well experienced workers for them like yeah so you need to you have to go into big companies and do it however you you still have to do your own research if you want to know how to do it by yourself kind of thing yeah yeah and i guess it sort of i guess it gave you that sort of initial knowledge like you said and then you can do your own research on it but yeah so obviously with that, I assume you've always been interested in property, but what was it that actually made you guys get into property and why was it that you chose um, service accommodation or SA in the end? Okay, yeah, so in terms of what made us get, get, get into property, um, well, my dad, when he was alive, um, he, had, he, used to, he had his own property, property company in, in Nigeria and obviously... He passed away quite like when I was when I was young when I was literally just going just started college, and before when he was alive and always kind of knew okay you know what I'm gonna eventually get into property through him kind of thing, but when when he passed away I thought it's kind of like a burden on myself to just trying to make sure you know what I carry on the legacy sort so, sort of, and yeah just get just try and make it as much in property as possible. And um, what what made us get into this? Um, I think, you know what, this might be something that no one knows about Zoom yet, but Zoom's name is actually, was a nickname of Bella's dad. So that's actually the reason behind our name as well. So it comes from, obviously, what Bella's dad's company was is what's motivated us and inspired us, but we've also named our company after him. I don't think we've ever said that before. That's a gold nugget for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And SA, because obviously startup costs aren't that much rent to rent SA, um, we felt like it fitted our lifestyle. So being at uni and having part-time jobs, SA really and truly everything's on the phone. Um, and we can always be on the phone if we need to at uni, we can drop a quick text. Um, the jobs that we have, we can drop a quick text and be on our phones as well. Um, and... For the most part, SA is the most cash flowing. So we were at a point where we're like, do you know what? We don't really have many other responsibilities. We can just put our all into essays, make the best cash flow and get ready to start buying and stuff once that exactly. cash flow gets bigger and better. And that, that like that that is she's saying that's why we do it where we do essays as well. To be fair as well, we didn't know a lot more about other strategies too tough, like kind of because I know you guys are mainly you mainly source and you source for um, buy refurbish refinance deals kind of thing and that's why when, when was at the event i was like wow you guys are crazy that's my that's crazy to me because 
you guys that's 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 like the goal and you guys are already doing it kind of thing so yeah that's that's one of the goals to do to, to get to get done essay like like, like Ali said is one is one of the like least ba- least barrier to entry kind of thing and yeah it's like it's, it's, so far it's going good anyway yeah yeah exactly that's a that's a really um in cool fact actually that um your names are obviously after your dad um so yeah all, all the exclusives on this this one um <laughs> yeah but um yeah obviously sa is like a like you said quite low startup costs and it's quite a good way to get into property so yeah so with sa then what would you say um because obviously you said it was one of the strategies that you knew quite a lot about so what would you say are the key things that somebody needs to know or learn before they start before they get started in sa okay yeah you see just before before i ever say the key the key things um I think I think essay as well in general is much easier starting off than people make out in terms of there's not really much you really have to know about to get into essays in terms of like really and truly all it is calling agents so you so that's number one you need to know how to speak to agents confidently and know what you're talking about so calling agents that's that's one of the things that you kind of need to do and that's that's one of the major things. Speak to landlords if you if you're trying to go direct to vendor. So knowing what kind of what what's, what's, what like, what like, what are the trigger words to tell landlords to be for them to give you their property, and also like a third thing, what what a key thing for people to know when when they want to start to essay is know what stra- what kind of strategy they want to use when in essay. So do you want to go for a luxury kind of um, service accommodation? Do you want to target contractors so not not really necessary as luxury as targeting just normal people that just come in there come there for leisure or do you want to target i don't know like no basically know your target market that, that's that's the, that's what that's the three major things i would say and what, what do you think Aliyah, yeah I'd, I'd agree um with that i think yeah literally another thing obviously your network just building there's so much we've learned from other people um, through Instagram, podcasts, and YouTube. Um, what else would I say? Guest vetting. That's one thing we didn't do until we learnt our lesson the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> so take their IDs, get their address, get a deposit, and do all of that from the jump. So you can minimise anyone trying to trash the apartment or someone that's going to come in and not look after it. I think that's it, yeah. Yeah, and one more thing as well. One more thing I would say as well is know your area know the area that you want to get essay in so a lot of people would just get essay we'll just get an apartment i think yeah i could do essay and two months down the line they're not they're making losses kind of thing so yeah know your area know what kind of area you want to to do that use air dna to search up the statistics of occupancy rates around the area uh, speak to agents look at look at other essay operators in the area so go on for example go on airbnb and Look at their occupancy rate, how much they're booked out. But yeah, like that's another thing. Know your area, know where you want to actually do the essay in. Yeah, definitely. And um, on the topic of area, I think that's so important because, I mean, area is quite important for all aspects of property, but I feel like for essay in particular, it's probably one of the most important things because no one's really going to book a night in the middle of nowhere unless it's on a yeah. day or something. So it's very important. So on the topic of that, then with the area, um, 
how and why did you pick Birmingham? And then for someone that's just starting out in SA, sorry, how would you advise them to pick a specific area? Like, what should they be looking out for, if that makes sense? Okay, um, why we pick Birmingham? Um, really and truly, Birmingham was... I, I, I'm from Birmingham. Me and Leah, we, like, we, we chill in Birmingham a lot. Our universities are in Nottingham, which is not far from Birmingham, with that 40-minute drive down the road. Um, that's really why we picked Birmingham. I know essays can work anywhere, as long as... Like, so not, not anywhere, any city, as long as it's in the right place in the city. So, yeah, that's really interesting. We didn't really put much thought into why Birmingham. We know Birmingham is the second city, so that was kind of like subconsciously one of the, like, a, a tick in the box straight away. And also, like, just because we, we, know, we know the area. We, I, I know the area a lot. I've lived here for thousand years six, so I know the area a lot. Yeah, and I think to add to that, like, near our apartments, we've got, like, the O2 Academy, and we've got Broad Street, which people go to. There's loads of bars and restaurants and everything there. Obviously, you've got New Street, which is a big station, and people do travel in. And you've got the Ball Ring, Botanical Gardens. There's just loads of things around that people come to visit for, and so that definitely helps. Obviously, there's three unis in Birmingham as well, so people's families coming to visit, them studying up here. So, yeah, we've got a range of different guests. Yeah, and stuff up there. exactly. And just to add to that, in terms of knowing what to, like she said, she literally just gave you the reason what, what to look for, look out for. But one more thing to add is if you see a hotel in this in the area, and you know the hotel has been there for quite a while, and like it's, the hotel is quite, quite regularly booked, you know SAS2 will work there because you know that people are are going there for leisure or are going there to stay and they need a place to stay in that area obviously what like what what um what you just said you said um like you don't want an essay in the middle of nowhere it could work in the middle of nowhere in terms of is sometimes middle of nowhere doesn't actually it's not it's not necessarily bad because if if for example i would love to stay in the middle of a like a forest i know there's 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 airbnbs like in in the middle of in middle, in the middle of the forest in like America and places like that, no like by the standard teaching of where to pick essay in, they'll say oh definitely don't go for there. But you if you look around, you know it does it would work because especially the day and age that we're in, people are looking for things different. People are looking for different kind of things to do. Like you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that, that's that's the things to look out for kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean yeah, with the area. It kind of depends because, like, um, a story, for example, when I went to Scotland, in, like, the middle of nowhere, there was, like, um, yeah. an, like an essay there, you could call it, like, a nice, yeah. fairly big house with a few rooms. So, yeah, that was really good. And then back uh, backing up a bit onto the topic of hotels then. So with hotels, obviously, they're, like, more established. Maybe they might charge, like, a cheaper rate. So how would you go about competing with them, if that makes sense? How would you – do you compete on price? Do you compete on quality? Um, I think especially for us like our third apartment is literally look out the window and you've got the Park Regis right in front of us um, but I think one thing for us um, that made me think yeah Airbnb is a good idea is because I actually prefer staying at an Airbnb when we go away um, or anything like that even with like family we prefer having a kitchen your living room and stuff like that it gives it definitely a more home effect um, also I'm not like someone that would like to go away for a week and just eat out breakfast lunch and dinner so having a kitchen that i can cook in and things like that helps um 
And I think nowadays, a lot of people are going towards Airbnbs. You can get a lot more people in there um, that are value for your money as well. So typically, you can get two people in like a hotel room, whereas one of our essays can hold up to like eight people. Um, and you might be paying a bit more, but if you're looking at per head, it'll work out a lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, and even like for contractors and stuff, they get money per head to stay somewhere and then they also get money for their breakfast, lunch and dinner. So they like staying at Airbnbs now because they won't necessarily need to spend £20 in dinner if they all chip in and cook something. Exactly. And obviously, Aaliyah is saying Airbnbs, obviously, um, like, if you look at it, obviously, that's, that's one of the main things I'm, I'm actually researching at, well, I'm going to be researching at uni next year and I'm kind of doing early research by myself right now, is how how um, service accommodation has affected the, the hotel the, the hotel short stay industry and it has affected it a lot a lot of hotels have closed a lot of branches down that like, just because of service accommodation and it's just it's just part of the new age that like, we're in 2020 like a lot of people now they use they they use they, they do stuff online hotels a lot of hotels you still have to call or make or so and so to do a reservation or go on their specific website but with Airbnbs, just go on Airbnb and do it. But even now, a lot of hotels, they're kind of smarting up and actually putting their hotel rooms on Airbnb. But they're forgetting that. The reason why people book Airbnb is because it's, a, it's a, more of a home rather than rather than just just a, just a room kind of thing. So, yeah, and a lot of people do also prefer, like, the private the, the privacy of, of, of um, staying at, at, at Airbnb rather than a hotel. Because if you look at it on a, in a hotel, there's there's literally people that come for the same reason that you come in the, in the same building it could be literally next door to you however with airbnb you have apartments you have houses and you go into different areas you can you can be in an apartment where someone that's living next door is just there because they're living or you could live in an area and just to experience the actual area so a lot of hotels they're in they're in central locations they're either on the main road they in, you know what I'm saying? So that's why a lot of people do tend to book Airbnb, and that's why we have picked that as well. Yeah, I feel like with the whole Airbnb thing, like you were just saying, it's a lot more personal. If you want to go out, you can go out, but if you want to stay in and cook, then it's just that um, freedom, really. So, yeah, I think that's, um, yeah. that's a really good point. And then on the topic of, because um, uh, I think you mentioned back, like, with a hotel, yeah, you can kind of have, like, a maximum of two, but with yours, you can have a maximum of eight. So... We know that with SA you can have like I don't know bedrooms of one to two, maybe four or plus. How would you know like in the area you've picked almost? How would you know what works best? And then on top of that, how would you go about pricing? Because obviously, if it's a say you're charging I don't know four fifty pound a night for a one bed, whereas if you wanted to um, cater for five people, obviously you wouldn't charge how much it would be times fifty. That makes sense. So how would you go about changing the rates accordingly? Okay, so we actually charge a standard rate. Obviously, in terms of we chart, we change our pricing based on everything. And Airbnb have this thing called smart pricing, where they they work out the the, the average price in the area, and your price is like that. So we we do smart pricing for some some days, but in terms of what 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 we pick what price to, to charge, and we look at comparable. So we look at what other Airbnbs are charging. We look at what hotels in the area are charging. We look at like just what 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 season it is. If there's a festival, if there's a if there's a concert down the road, 
if it's a weekend, if it's a weekday, all of that is, is variable pricing. There's different kind of prices you will charge for different things. And what we also, I was just going to add, um, I know how you were saying that you would charge more if there were five people coming in, but that's actually something that we quite pride ourselves on. We just charge a standard rate if one guest was coming in or five. Yeah. Um, purely because before we even got into essays ourselves, if we'd like book one or with friends, whatever it was, we'd be looking and being mm -hmm. out of the industry, we'd think like, why are you charging um, a lot more money for five of us to go in when you're giving us the same apartment? Now we know, like, linen and things like that, it will charge a bit more. But because of that, we just decided we'd like to charge a base rate that we might make a bit more money on if one person comes in and then still obviously make enough money if all six come in or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, like Fellow was saying, we look at comparables. Um, certain, some of our apartments have parking, balconies. The master bedroom has an ensuite. So little things like that we charge up a bit more of a premium price for. Um, but yeah, mainly we do base it off of other similar comparables in the area. Yeah, and like like you were saying with the whole, um, you just charged a fixed rate, I think that's actually a very clever idea because obviously with maybe other Airbnbs and hotels, they would charge a bit more. Whereas if you're just charging a fixed rate, it's almost like you're exactly. not just, it's almost not like you're just trying to skimp for the maximum amount of money. And because your customers, that they see that, they might be like, oh yeah, we can do it next time we come. So it's... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you have a better um, chance of like retaining your customers. So I really do think that's um. Yeah. So, um, we've obviously sort of touched on this um, throughout the questions anyway. But in terms of um, actually doing deal analysis for um, SA and actually knowing whether it's a good deal or not. Um, what would be sort of the, the key numbers that someone would look at to determine whether an SA deal is good or an SA deal is bad? Um, okay, so what, one thing is, at 50%, one of the main things is at 50% occupancy rate, you have to break even. Like, your prices, your, like, in terms of even half of the month is booked, so say a 30-day 30, 30 month, 15 days are booked, you need to break, you need to, all your costs need to be covered. So that's, that's the number one thing. Because if not, you're risking it a lot. Um, the average occupancy rate in Birmingham is about 60, 66%, 67%. So you have to be conservative. When we, before we started, I looked at it, at, you know what, what are we going to charge? And what, how much are we going to make if we had 60%? Because I was, I was proper conservative. If we had 60% occupancy rate, and that that would make that that was still making profit. So I was like, you know what, that I'm, we're going with it because it. And if 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 that wasn't the case, we wouldn't have went for the deal because it's not worth it. So you have to first of all, you have to you have to know your occupancy rate, what the average occupancy rate in the area is. You might be very ambitious and say, you know what, we're going to get 100% occupancy rate. Me, um, our, our apartments tend to have about 90% occupancy rate, but that's obscene. That's like, you know what, that's, that's, it's not normal, but we were still very, every deal we still take on, we're still very conservative, we still base it on 60%, because you know what, if a month does come up across, like for example in COVID, that we was having about, how much percent opportunity we were having? Um, for April and May, I think we averaged about 60 to 70. Exactly, so, so that was, that was during the pandemic, so, um, yeah. 
we was so that the 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 us working it out at the start kind of helped us doing that time because being conservative helps you a lot. So yeah, make sure you break even at fifty percent occupancy and just know what occupancy rate averages on your area. And to find that out, look at look at other other essay operators in the area. Look look on Airbnb and look on people's calendars. What what's booked out? Also look on AirDNA. That's num- that's the number one. Look at AirDNA and yeah, type in your postcode or your area, and it should help you out. Yeah, yeah, and I think like you said, being conservative. I think in any sort of property um, deal, no matter what the strategy is, really important because, like you said, when a sort of pandemic hits that can really affect it and if you've analyzed it at 100 or even 90 percent you're probably going to get hit quite hard yeah you're going to get hit hard hard yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's a great point um and then yeah so with the area obviously you mentioned air dna so say if someone was like researching an area um and a city would you search the um city as a whole would you just search like a a postcode so the city so what what i what i what i would do i would search the city as a whole then search up the search up the city center first of all start off with the city as a whole see what what occupancy the city as a whole gets then search up the city center and your essay probably should be in the city center and if you search up the city centre, you should have an idea. If your essay is not in the city centre, so search up the city as a whole, then the city centre, then, so, yeah. for example, Birmingham, we searched up the whole Birmingham, then we searched up B15. No, sorry, then we searched up B1, sorry. Then we searched B15. Yeah, yeah, so I guess you can obviously compare then and see. Exactly. The yeah. reason why, the reason why I even, the reason I said, if, you're, if your Airbnb is not in the city centre, you should still search up. You should, you should still search the city center because, on average, the city center should be the like the maximum, like the the most affluent kind of area in terms of occupancy rate. So, you should look at that and be like, you know what? Okay, mine's gonna be a bit less than that if I'm not in the city center. You should never go above what 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 um occupancy rate is in your city center. Obviously, some cities as well are not are not actually geared towards the city center. So like. For example, like London and stuff like that. So, in in them sense, don't don't search up the city centre. Search up the most popular area, what where people go to most in that city, and check and check what the occupancy rate is for there. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I, like I already said, I guess it's all about comparing, and then you can sort of form your own opinions on it. Exactly. So, exactly. So yeah, um, with like more on the sort of deal analysis side then when you actually acquire an SA property what are the typical costs to acquire that property and can you acquire one when you're when you're at a young age because I know that can sometimes be a barrier um I think with the age thing you must have to be 18 obviously to sign the contract um but other than that obviously you've got to look at rent um, get a reasonable price on electricity, gas, water, um, Wi-Fi. <clears throat> then you've got to take into account things like maybe your key lock. For example, we pay for it annually, but we use Keynest. So technically, I think it works at about £18 a month, um, although we do pay the annual um, amount. 
Uh, what else? You need to think about obviously the cleaner, how much they're going to cost you, and um, linen. But you can on Airbnb and Booking.com you have your cleaning fee, so usually that should cover what the cleaner and linen will be, and then your nightly rate is obviously all your bills and then your profit. Um, and I think that's it really. No, no, but also also to start like he's, he's talking about to start off as well. So to start off, you also need to like work out okay how much is the rent. How much deposit will you are you gonna have to put down? How much and and deposit tends to be four like four weeks rent or so a month's rent. So you, in ter- so technically you know, on your first month you're paying two months rent if that makes sense. And then that that's that's that too. And then you also need to work out what kind of renovation you need to do to the property to bring you up to your standard or what you need to do. So how much is that gonna cost you? Um, yeah, that really and that's the. That's the major. That's the that's the major things when you're first starting up that you need to kind of work out when you're starting up, kind of thing. And also, like in terms of that, to to help with the cost, don't be afraid to buy things secondhand. Do not be afraid to buy things secondhand because at the end of the day, especially like TVs, we buy it, all our TVs in all our apartments are all secondhand. I don't think we ever went to like Corey's or anything to buy like a, a TV because they chuck like it's like it's like once you buy the TV from like Corey's and you step out the door, it's like a car. It drops in value so much. It drops in value so much. So that's that's that that is a big tip for a start to help you like let make your startup cost less than it actually should be. Yeah, that's a that's a really good tip because obviously when you are starting out, you probably will be on more of a budget than obviously when you're starting exactly. to grow. So yeah, I think obviously making the most of sort of secondhand things is it's really good so um yeah. with with that then what what sort of websites are good for those secondhand things if people aren't sure facebook, facebook marketplace gumtree spock um, ebay um, yeah pretty much them facebook marketplace i always say is my best friend like i love that website man i love it so much because and gumtree yeah, and yeah. gumtree as well but for, especially facebook marketplace well it's, yeah you find a lot of like good deals on there man a lot a lot of good deals yeah and also, also don't be afraid as well to sell things that are already in the property so for example um when we our fourth property that we took on there was a, a, a sofa in there it was new it was a but, hideous red color <laughs> well it wasn't a hideous red color like it worked for some people like we did it it didn't fit our, our color scheme we didn't fit what we wanted to do and, but it was already at the property. So guess what? We, we sold that sofa. And we used that money to buy a new sofa that actually fit our, our colour scheme. So don't be... Don't just think to... Dash, don't think to throw away everything. Make sure you make... make just try squeeze what you can out of everything. Out of everything. Because the same way you're buying second-hand stuff, a lot of people want to buy as well off you. So, yeah, man. And we... I remember at the time, we were actually scared. We wasn't scared, but we was actually, like, sceptical about, about trying to sell it online. We didn't think it was gonna sell, but literally, I took pictures of it, posted it. Within an hour, it was sold. Yeah, yeah and he collected it. Exactly. Day. So yeah, man, like, don't be afraid to sell stuff that already in the property that doesn't fit your thing. As long as the landlord is as acceptable, this is acceptance of it. Don't be afraid to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And like you said, I think it's just about like yeah. squeezing as much as you can out, and then that way you can sort of use it as little as of your own money as possible really so so yeah um then moving on to obviously sort of 
decorating the property and getting it to a to a high standard obviously i know this is probably um difficult to put like a an overall figure on it but say um it's a property that just needs decorating and sort of furnishing how much would you say that it it typically costs to to decorate it to a good standard um so i think yeah if it's purely just decorating um you might have to check out our instagram for this but our one bed which you see lots of pictures on cost us a grand and a half i think just in the furniture and decorating and stuff um but yeah don't be afraid to shop at shops that Primark Home has some really nice things in it. Yeah. B&M has some really nice stuff. Ikea. It's what you do with it. You can go and buy expensive stuff but not make it look as nice. So it's, it is literally just about what you can do with it. And just again, like Fella said as well, second-hand buying. Um, but price-wise, yeah, i say just furnishing. Obviously, it depends. Is it a one-bed or three-bed? But I'd say, yeah, for a two-bed, easily you could do it in like two grand. That's like everything though, sofa, TV, beds, like bedside tables, everything. Yeah. And if you, if you, if you, if you imagine, yeah, for example, we tend to have like 50, 50, 40 or 50 inch TVs in our apartment. So if you go to Corey's, if you want to go to Corey's and buy that, that would be like how much, like a grand to, like how much, how much would it, cause I, I've, I've, I've never actually bought a TV from that Corey's. I think like a 15 inch TV from Corey's, probably maybe 600 or something. Yeah, exactly. So. That will, that will massively eat into your budget. However, yeah, for example, when we buy it separate, sorry, go on. Sorry. For example, we buy the 15th TV secondhand for like 150 Exactly. So that that's a massive discount. So, yeah, man. Like, and like you said, for our one bed, it costs us a grand and a half. For two, our two bed, it was like three grand. But then that's the thing. Our three bed was like four grand. But then we had a two bed. Our fourth deal, which was a two bed, that cost us like yeah that cost us like 800 pounds so it it really depends on the property it's really very subjective that's a very subjective like um matter in terms of how much it will cost you it really just depends on how much you know and also i would say as well because we have more because the more experience you get as well the more you're the more you know what you need and what you don't need because i remember our first deal was like yeah we were trying to do it to standard a high standard, but buy all the things that we would want to buy for our home, not realizing guests wouldn't really care about that. And guests will either mistreat it or guests will just forget about it kind of thing. And that's one of the things as well. You've got, it, it, it all comes with experience. All comes with experience. Like now, we're, set, we're setting up a two bed as well. Like this was like a semi detached house. And it's costing us way less than our, our second deal was, which was the same size. Like as a two bed as well exactly so it really depends and it also comes with experience kind of thing yeah yeah exactly and i guess like you already said it doesn't really matter how much things cost as long as they look nice and um i feel like in your your guys apartments from obviously the photos they they do look really nice and you wouldn't know where things have come from um so yeah as long as you can make them look nice and make them look appealing it doesn't really matter how much things cost i guess so yeah exactly exactly yeah and then um with the sort of i guess refurbishment of um a serviced accommodation would you 
would you guys ever take on a property that needed a full refurbishment to do service accommodation or do you think that's not really suitable when it it can only be done on properties that just need like cosmetics and a, a decorated maybe um i think for our, our third our third property our third deal that was more that was one of our most um refurb that we've ever done in, in terms of any property and i don't think we're going to do it again or else is, or else is a really good deal so because like, i remember our third property we literally spent a month doing it on our fourth one we spent <laughs> like half a day doing and yeah and they literally both are like the same standard so i think for, for a service accommodation and especially if it's rent to rent and it's not actually your property Obviously, you want it to look nice. Obviously, you want it to be yeah, your standard and stuff like that. But I would never now. I would never take on a, a service accommodation that that you have to you have to spend a lot of money on. Because obviously, we, we, the more the more refurb, the more money you have to spend. And we, at, at the end of the day, if it's not your property, if you're only renting it, kind of thing. It's not. I don't think it's worth it. Um. A lot of the things like plastering, um, we had to change the front door and the back door, things like that. The landlord was happy and agreed to, like, she would cover those costs. And um, so as, if we can't walk out the door with it kind of thing, then usually we do get the landlords to pay for it. Yeah. And um, so they did cover those things. And I think it was lockdown. We hadn't taken on a property for, like, five months at that point. Yeah. So we were quite excited for this big project. But now in hindsight yes it was a good experience yeah 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 i guess obviously like you said with rent to rent you don't want to be putting all that sort of money and time into a property that isn't yours and that you can't um see actually see the value go up and um gain that for yourself so yeah that's that's the appreciation of all that yeah yeah exactly and and yeah i guess obviously with like with a rent to rent you don't want to be spending too long on the refurb because then you may uh you want to sort of get it um get guests in there before you exactly. have to pay the rent exactly that's yeah. another thing that i didn't would even mention as well yeah so the more refurb the more time so and at the end of the day once you sign your contract if you don't have a if you don't have like a like a rent-free period or whatever the clock's already ticking from the from the moment you sign your contract. So yeah, yeah, other thing. And obviously, a lot of landlords as well—they're very stingy. So they actually don't want. Like, if you're taking on a property from a landlord that that needs a full refurb as an SA on a rent to rent basis, I, I would suggest that landlord is probably very stubborn and doesn't really want to spend money on the property because otherwise, the property would be good. Because I know if I own the property and I'm renting it out, I I want it to be a good like i want it to look good and yeah a lot of landlords that they leave their property to not and it ends up not looking good they really the landlords that are just uh, very cheap and don't like don't like spending money kind of thing yeah yeah exactly and i think there's there's quite a lot of them and that's probably what gives uh <laughs> property investors such a bad name but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so um with obviously sa then um I'm not sure if there's any other markets that you can target, but we know that most people will either target contractors or um, people sort of staying there for leisure. So yeah. 
how do these two differ and so do you change the um sort of decor in the property and do the figures change um depending on who you target um yeah so yeah it really depends because um contractors they te- they tend to just be they come they tend to come in 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 a big group well not not all the time but they tend to they tend to and i've seen a lot of people that do just target contractors they don't really spend much on the property they usually just want they usually just take on a space and bring it up to like a like an old case and they don't really care about decoration there's no really don't really care for like for stuff like color scheme as long as the place there's water there's gas or there's water there's electricity and some obviously with some properties needs gas these days as well as long as he has that and obviously he has um it was even sometimes I've seen places that contract that that target contracts that don't even have TVs and they sometimes they don't even have internet but yeah with contractors they don't it's not it's that is so targeted contractors is a really good strategy I can't lie because if you're able to get the contractors because obviously like you know contractors they come into a city just do the work and then they go and and then they go to another city kind of thing if you're if you're able to get constant contractors amazing but yeah it is a cheaper it is a cheaper alternative to targeting just normal people and it also it also is te- it also is less stress because when contractors come in they tend to stay for long periods and what we what we found from, from guests is that when they stay longer they tend to look after the place more because it's more of their house kind of thing rather than even guests are staying there for one day that's when you get parties and all that stuff and but yeah but yeah contract is a good strategy and it's cheaper However, is is harder to find the customers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I guess with contractors, you have to sort of go out and find them yourself. But obviously, exactly. if you if you're looking for normal people, you've got Airbnb, and then I guess yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So, well, um, sorry, just to add to that, during the pandemic, like during the in the thick of the pandemic. We targeted a lot of contractors to di- direct to the vendor. We targeted a lot of people who are working and stuff like that, and that that that's what really helped us. Like not not like not even take over. That that's what really helped us make profit as well, because like they were still working and they, they were still class as key workers. So we targeted a lot of them doing that, and we still have them on our contact list right now. But what you got to think here? Yeah, they've now they some of, a lot of them have finished their work in Birmingham. And now they're in another city. So, yeah, man, like, yeah. It does, yeah. It, it, does, it does help. Yeah, yeah. And so for someone who was looking to target contractors, how would you actually go about that and go about finding them? Um, construct, construct, go, go on construction sites. Go on, just go, go around the area and see what work's being done. Literally, see if there's... If there's roadworks being laid down, like in Birmingham, we're having a new tram system. So that's how we found a lot of the contractors. So we went to speak to them. And just, I said, listen, here's our, here's our apartments. Let, let us know if you want to stay over. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, that's that's the best way. Look look, look around the area, see what we're getting done. Go online as well. Go online and, and type in, for example, if you, I don't know, if you live in Leicester, type in, um constructions or in Leicester or new developments in Leicester and see what area that's ha- that that's being done in. Go to that area and speak to the you you'll most likely see contractors there if you go at a reasonable time before five PM. Speak to them. 
Um, also, got put a Facebook, Gumtree, like, there's there's loads of different avenues, but yeah, that that's the way we found it. We just went to the construction site and 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 just spoke to them basically. Yeah, that that's a really good idea actually, because I guess you you get to speak to them directly then. So exactly, exactly. exactly. And then um, on the topic of that, then kind of in the t- in terms of like getting bookings then for your essay, what type of sites and methods would you use to almost attract people so obviously there's your main ones like airbnb but is there anything different that you would use so we just before um lockdown we actually only advertised on airbnb and booking.com i'd say we probably got like 80 percent of our bookings on airbnb um, and then we'd get a few on booking.com but then one of the things that we did change and have to um like get prepared for really over lockdown was using different websites and stuff to get our guests so we actually ended up getting a lot more guests from booking.com and um, we took us some guests from instagram as well actually exactly yeah instagram um, booking.com facebook gone through yeah. like i said i love facebook marketplace that place <laughs> amazing man amazing facebook marketplace that's, we've got a lot of like we still have a lot of people messaging us for it for our apartments today on there like it, you it's crazy the amount of response you get on there um where else you said gum tree yeah we were trying to get a bit longer stay bookings over covid so we put it on open rent and spare room as well exactly yeah but really and truly i think you can get more than enough well we've got all our occupancy rates just from airbnb and booking.com so that should be it really i know other people use expedia um i think of any other ones but yeah there are a lot more home and away that you can use. Yeah, and I feel like with the the fact that you're now not diversifying but um, utilizing different websites, it's kind of it's a, it's a lot safer just in case of your bookings for like Airbnb go down. You've always got the like the booking.com and just all these yes. other websites that can make it better for you. So, um, in terms of like listing on Airbnb, then what's like the process and um, is there like any compliance? So, like the, the guests the guests that are coming. Because obviously you said at the start about vetting them and all these type of people. How would you almost go about vetting the people that are coming in? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know what, even an example from, what was it? It was yesterday or the day before. We had a guidebook um, and we always ask now for driving licence or passport. But with the passport, we need address confirmation. Um, and then obviously the uh, deposit as well. And when he sent his um, driver's license, I'm just going to use made-up names, for example, it was Bob on his driver's license, but then it was booked under John Wick. And I personally didn't know who that was, but apparently it's like quite a big actor. And I, I, I obviously refused because we, to us, that flags up as fraudulent, basically. You've booked it in one name, but you can't provide ID for that person. Um, and he was trying to make a big deal out of it and just saying, like, don't you know who that is? It's a fictional character and all sorts but you i wouldn't book an airbnb account under cinderella so you shouldn't go around using an actor either um but yeah it's definitely we've saved a lot of headaches from um guest vetting with the deposits and ids and stuff some guests straight away say like i don't want to pay a deposit and to us that that means well you're not thinking of getting it back then so we'd rather you not stay at the property because it's probably not worth the headache um and i think one thing we've definitely learned with experiences in the beginning 
for example, uh, the other night, the £100 or whatever, we would have rather taken and risked it. Whereas now we've gotten to a point where it's like, you know what, it's actually not worth the headache, having to check the cameras all night, potentially something happening. Um, and it's just, obviously, that can now affect the booking that was going in after him and things like that as well. So now we've learned with experience that if you start acting a bit weird and about the deposit and ID and stuff, it's just not worth it. You just call Airbnb. They're usually quite understanding with it. If you say that you feel unsafe with them going into the property and you've got, obviously, a valid reason, um, and then they cancel it as well for you. Yeah, I feel like that's um, that's a very important because obviously you've worked hard to almost build up a really nice like apartment service accommodation for them. And if you're getting guests that just, I don't know, have a bad rep, like people that aren't paying the deposits, it just doesn't feel right for you and you never know what's going to happen. So it's, yeah, I, I completely agree with just being really, really comfortable. So um, mm-hmm. on the topic of that then, say someone has almost passed you're like vetted them so like everything's worked or everything's fine but it's come to a point where it's during the night or whenever and they're having like a party or something and they've almost like trashed the place how would you like deal with this and like because say you've set a deposit of x amount what happens mm-hmm. if they've um almost in damages done more than that would you like start getting like police involved and everything okay so we've been very fortunate that well, I say fortunate, but whenever the place has been trashed, it's been on Airbnb, and Airbnb have a host guarantee. So, um, for example, I think it was earlier this year, or the, the New Year's Eve one is the one that we've actually shown all the pictures and stuff on Instagram as well. But basically, just your housekeeper needs to take pictures of absolutely everything, uh, videos if you can, and just you have to put in um, a report basically on Airbnb Make it as detailed as possible the first time around so you don't have to keep going back and forth. Uh, you show what's been damaged. If you've got a quote um, online or someone's given you a quote, whatever it might be. And then, for example, if it's like a sofa bed, you have to show like a receipt for buying this one and then like an online receipt or whatever for what you're going to replace it with. Um, so we've been lucky on Airbnb. Booking.com, we take a deposit off. Um, and you know what, touch with, we've actually not had an issue with any of the guests from booking.com yet. So we've never had to deal with that. When So obviously we do use a camera that monitors the front door and noise. So we know there's music blasting and we can see, I think it was actually last week or the week before, at our two bed, we've seen that there's, there's about 20 people in there. Yeah. And um, it, luckily I noticed it at 10. And I'd called them and said, like, listen, the booking's for six people. We don't have more than six people. There needs to just be six people in there. And straight after I jumped on the camera, because I, I like to hear what they tell their friends once they've got the phone to me as well. And it was all just like, I'll just get out, go for a walk and come back in a bit. So obviously I was like, right, so I'm expecting these to come back in 40 minutes or whenever. And then luckily me and fellow were local, so we were like, you know what, let's just go for a drive. Literally, there was, what, like a dozen of them standing outside, like, around the back of the building. So we literally just waited there. We were like, right, we're just going to wait for you guys to walk back in, get the go-ahead. And then we just parked up, went in after them, and then just knocked on the door. All of them were in there, and it was just like, right. Originally, we were like, the reservation's cancelled. You broke numerous of our house rules. Obviously, the loud noise was going on till like, midnight. There was way more people in there than there should have been. Um, Exactly. And there was another wall. I can't remember that one. There was something else that they broke as well. 
Um, so we just said everyone get out. And then it was one of the guys' birthdays. And it wasn't him that was actually dealing with us. It was his girlfriend. And it was her that had, like, said yes to all these people coming in. So we ended up letting, I think, like, four or five of them yeah. stay. And they were fine. It was just him and his friend. We should have kicked, kicked them up, to be fair. But you know we what? We're reasonable people. Yeah, exactly. And That's on top of that, after that, it was just, like, five boys. They just played PlayStation. It never got loud. And then they were fine. Yeah. But yeah, guest vetting is definitely the hardest part the of hardest dealing part. with guests. <laughs> well, yeah. what, we're, what, what we're doing right now is um, we're working on um, getting like a security, like an on-call security team. We're, we're working on getting an on-call security team because I know, especially a lot of Airbnb um, operators, they do actually need that as well. So we're working on that because you know what? At the end of the day, guests pay a deposit. If we have to call someone out, we'll pay that person the money we pay that person the money that we would have we would have actually would have given back on on the deposit so yeah we're working on that and that that would help automate a lot because yeah that's 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 like the number one issue with guests it's just like them not knowing what to like kind of keep their mouth shut at at 10 p.m yeah yeah no definitely that kind of leads me on to my next question so obviously you were saying that one you're so before they actually come in, you've vetted them, and if they kind of meet your requirements, then you'll let them in. But um, say, like what happened then with the party, but maybe it was a bit worse, where you've got tenants in the um, property and they're just not complying with you at all. How would you yeah. go about de- dealing with that now? So obviously you're looking to get a security team, which is probably the best yeah. way to do it, but is there any other ways you could do it? Would you just, like, phone the police straight away? Yeah, so... Quite luckily, we actually haven't got into a situation like that. Um, but, yeah, definitely security, obviously, we're moving forward with police. Yeah, I know um, some one of our friends, they had a guest that was being cheeky, and I thought if he had gone into their essay, this was during COVID, if he went into the essay and then whilst he was in there, he just booked a night, but then he said he felt sick, so he needed to isolate. But he thought he was being clever and would get 14 days there for free because he'd have to isolate. And, yeah, obviously the police didn't think that at all. So the police came um, and got him out. So I think the police are obviously aware of it. Um, and they seem to be useful when they've been needed by people that we know. So, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to need to call the police. Yeah, so obviously, like I said, it's quite good that you haven't sort of had to deal with that before. But yeah, um, And I guess it's obviously um, good that you're getting the security team because, like I said, it would just automate it and you guys don't really want to have to be going to a property at like 11 o'clock at night um, when I guess you could be getting a security team in there. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea. Yeah. So um, have you guys ever had it where you haven't been able to pay the landlord the rent? Um, And if so, how did you deal with it? Um, If not, um, what would you do if, it did happen or what would you advise someone to do if it did happen um so we were really good when um all lockdown came into place i think it was march 14th i can remember it vividly because we had honestly thousands of pounds of bookings coming like cancelled 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 and obviously we were panicking ourselves like wait we're gonna we've got like business account and savings and stuff and our personal ones and at that point i was like right we're gonna have to eat into our personal savings but then we had to revamp, reevaluate, and adjust to obviously those situations. Um, we've got 
messaged loads of our previous, well, every one of our previous guests um, and just said that we're giving really good discounted rates if you want to come back. Um, we've got contractors in. We just had to do loads of different strategies um, to get the money in to be able to pay the landlords. So for us, it wasn't like we're not going to be able to pay the landlords. It was how are we going to still pay the landlords? Um, and we never broke the rent um, or like not paying it. Um, we've got really good relationships with our landlords and agents. So we did discuss like if we if it did get there, they were happy to, for us to pay like the 50% um, or whatever. But we, as like Zoom, didn't want to break our guaranteed rent agreement that we've got with them. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just about having a conversation. Don't shy away from it. As soon as you've got an inkling of it, just give them a call. You've got to remember as well, I think now being in it, everyone's actually just a human being like you. So they're going to see there's a global pandemic that's literally never happened before. There are people that can't pay. And all you've got to do is type in Airbnb to Google and you're going to see that. There's loads of people, with, loads of businesses went into liquidation and all sorts. So landlords and agents are humans and they'll also know like, okay, this is understandable why you're not being able to pay. Exactly. Um, so yeah, just about a phone call and just being transparent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, it is so important to when you sort of um, in any form of property, so if you can't pay your landlord, if you don't think you can pay investors, if you have them, it's so important to, like you said, have that conversation early on and exactly. um, yeah, have the difficult conversation rather than sort of burying your head in the sand. So yeah, that's a really good exactly. point. Yeah. And then also um, like, like you said, um, sort of it's changing your perspective on things. So, not we can't pay the rent it's how can we and then you obviously adapted and um a lot of people would probably just give up i guess um whereas you guys yeah. went through and contacted all of your old guests which shows you were willing to put the work in which is great because I, I, one, one thing let me i want to add to that is that if you're ever in a situation where you think you you won't be able to pay the rent just I, we see that as an opportunity to see that as like the world or a higher power or something i don't know what you guys believe in but you see that as an opportunity in something telling you listen you've been too comfortable your business is too it's been too comfortable it's time for you to grow now it's time for you to get bigger so you need to find another another way of of paying your rent kind of thing or of becoming of of just bringing money in because before the pandemic like Aliyah said we, we only put our stuff on airbnb and booker.com and when Airbnb and Booking.com blocked their calendars and we couldn't we couldn't make any bookings, guess what? Instead of sitting there and calling landlord straight away and saying, "Oh, we can't pay the rent," and soaking, we looked for we looked for different avenues. And now we we're fully confident that if another pandemic was to happen or if a wave two was to happen, we know that okay, it's time to just go back to to do what we what we've been doing and just know that don't panic kind of thing. But guess what? People who who chose to not pay their rent, I know you, tr you, you actually said to them that we can't pay and all this stuff, yeah, they, they're still going to have to kind of find that avenue and, and, I, and I don't think landlords will be as forgiving as they was the first time around because landlords will just look at you like, you know what, you should have kind of know what you're doing kind of right now. So yeah, and but again, if, you, if you've tried every avenue and you're unable to pay your rent, like Aliyah said, 
just have that difficult conversation. It's business. Conversation not always going to be easy. Nothing's going to be easy because otherwise everyone will be doing it. So have that difficult conversation. Know where you want. Know know how have a strategy of how you're going to pay it back because at the end of the day, landlord's not going to let you live in their property for free because they're not even living in their property for free. So yeah, know how you're going to pay it back and yeah, just come with a proposed plan kind of thing. Yeah. And I think the main thing for us is we had never, ever done a direct booking prior to exactly. lockdown. Whereas all of lockdown was basically direct bookings. Exactly. Um, and like the contact and everything was direct booking. So it gave us also that confidence that we don't actually need to rely on Airbnb or booking.com. We've exactly. got, and we've retained guests and stuff that want to come back and repeat guests. So we're more than confident to keep going with that. Exactly yeah yeah definitely i think it's just about being adaptable and making sure you can adapt to situations like the um pandemic when when it did hit so yeah that's that's a really good point um and sort of on that topic then i guess um what would you guys what are your top tips for sort of growing um a service accommodation business quickly and then sustainably as well uh my top tips for growing a service accommodation hmm that's a, that's a really good question um top tips determination that's number one like just just understanding that you know what <laughs> it's going to be hard like starting off like i said i even said it earlier starting off people make it seem harder than it is but the hard bit is is like for example systemizing Knowing what to systemize, knowing how to systemize. So yeah, one number one tip: not like determination and be determined to actually systemize your business because that will that will be the key to you either growing or stay stagnant. I'm not saying gonna fail because you won't, I doubt you will fail if you don't. You will not you won't necessarily fail if you don't systemize, but you will probably be stagnant and you won't be able to scale as much. So yeah, determination to to actually. Um, systemize it number two i would say is have have good relationship with your guests speak to them properly like understand it's not this is not this is actually a business you're actually one of the major one of the one of the major factors in this business is customer service because at the end of the day you're basically acting like a hotel and what what, what would you do if you went to a hotel and they gave you rubbish service you probably won't go there again it's the same thing with airbnb if if Someone came to the apartment and they stayed the night and they, they felt that your, your customer service was rubbish, they would not come to you again. And you would not get any direct bookings or if, you know what I'm saying? So that's number two. Lee, what would you say are the top tips of growing the service accommodation business after scaling? Yeah, definitely. Being able to systemize like the cleaner, linen, um, just stuff like that to be able to properly grow, have teams in place like the security people key locks um because even yeah like having the key lock outside if contractors need to go in and stuff you don't need to necessarily be there mm-hmm. they can still go collect the key or whatever it might be um but we're still in our process anyway of yeah. scaling and stuff so i have to do podcast take two in a few <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um yeah i mean you guys have sort of grown really quickly especially during lockdown so i can't wait to see where you are in a few months and yeah man, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the saying it's like the saying when people are scared it's time to be greedy when people are greedy it's time to be time to be conservative for business so 
during during the during lockdown, everyone was scared. So guess what? We thought it's time to scale up. It's time to cash in on that. And when now everyone's happy, we we would have got to the position where we want to be. And when everyone's like wanting to take on properties, we will be more conservative kind of thing. So yeah, so yeah, man. Like there's there's lot that I wish I I wish I could, I wish my brain was actually functioning properly right now today because I, I there's, there's so many stuff I would say in terms of how to actually build a successful service accommodation business, but it's just not coming to me right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure uh, you, you could send us a voice note. And we'll, yeah, we'll I'll, pop probably it in. I'll probably send a voice note. <laughs> but right now, I can't think of more than scaling. Cause I, I think the reason why, the reason, I mean, sorry, um, systemizing, but the reason, why that, the reason why that is because we're actually working on systemizing right now. So I think that's why I'm just properly thinking of that. Um, like customer service. I think it is customer service, cleanliness, especially with COVID. Like yeah. everyone wants it to be sparkling clean right now. Exactly. Yeah. Having a good, like almost like an Excel sheet of like five different plumbers in the area, handymen, electricians. Yeah, good, good, good power team. Yeah. Yeah. Like if plumber number one can't come and it's an emergency, you can go straight to plumber number two. Exactly. Yeah. Um, having friends in the area and other SA operators in the area. Yeah, networking because. That's another thing. During the pandemic, we got we got a, a lot of some of our bookings from our good friends, Top Meadows. That like, they helped us out with some bookings, and vice versa. We helped we helped a lot. We helped to some some operators or we booking. So because they they, they at, at certain points they 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 had two bookings in a day, and they needed somewhere else to house someone else. And guess what? Our place was free. Let them in. So network is 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 also is very important. Very very important. Very, because imagine, imagine, imagine if, you, if we knew like thirty people at like top middle, yeah, you and they they give you a booking every day. You yeah. you literally not need Airbnb or nothing like that. And so, also being able to give out, so like sometimes with our repeat guests, we might not be able to house them, but it's nice to have people in the area so that even if we can't house them, we can pass them on to someone that is able to, and then that's why they keep coming back to us because that's part of the customer service as well. If we can't do it for them. We'll normally always find another operator for them or whatever be. exactly yeah yeah exactly and i guess um yeah like networking is so important and like you said alia if you can't help someone you want to be able to pass them on to someone who can and someone who exactly. you know yeah and yeah. i mean like with us we'll have people that ask questions about mortgages and we don't really obviously we know about mortgages but we don't know the the real sort of detail of it so then we've got um brokers who we can refer them to and then they can help them so yeah i think that's really important to be able to do that for um people exactly exactly exactly. yeah yeah from the outside looking in guys yeah what would you say seems like the most important thing to build a successful um, service accommodation business. Um, it'd be quite interesting to know what you guys think. I would, I would probably always say customer service like you as well, because coming from a hospitality background, I feel like how you treat your customers will determine if they come back or not. Cause like I've been to yeah. places where they've treated you like nothing and then you just wouldn't go back. Whereas <laughs> if you go to somewhere, they're really friendly. They're not too like, not serious, but like they just have like a good chat. You're bound to go back. You're bound to go back. Sorry. So yeah, I'd 
100% agree with the customer service for me personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, um, I'll probably, yeah, so customer service um, and, yeah, automation. So obviously, um, making sure you can automate the, the cleaning, the, I mean, you probably do it yourself at the start, but then you want to um, be able to automate it. And then obviously, like you said, the keys um, and, eventually i guess the refurb so you can take more on and uh yeah i think automation definitely exactly yeah 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 Yeah. moving towards the end of the the podcast then if you guys could go back and give your younger selves or yourselves before you got into property um if you could give yourself three top tips what would they be oh my first tip network 100 percent but not just any kind of network, good networks in terms of treat people how you want to be treated. So, like, make sure you're, make sure you're good to people because people are like, no one's, okay, not no one, but most people are, are, are genuinely decent, decent people. So be a decent person and you will reap that, you will reap that reward. So ne- number one, network, what would you say number two? Um, go for it. I know a lot of people, they want to watch every YouTube video and listen to every podcast before they do it, but... Even the um, Zoom call that we had prior to this, we were just saying to um, Ernest, just jump into it, get involved. There's no learning, like, on-the-job learning. And as many YouTube videos and the crash course that was done beforehand, there's things that these people don't mention. For example, Wi-Fi. I always say this, but with our first one, it was all ready to go on Airbnb. And we were like, wait a second. Wi-Fi. We've not got Wi-Fi. So... We had to wait another two weeks for that to be installed. But yeah. that's something we've learned from now. And the second we pick up them keys, pretty much driving to the apartment or whatever, we're calling like to get the Wi-Fi ready because yeah. that can take quite a while. Um, and my third one, I would say, to be fair, I've got loads, man. But my third one I can think of right now is um, learn how to sell, man. Learn how to sell because in business, you're constantly selling. Even though you don't think you're selling, you're selling yourself kind of thing like to to landlord you're selling yourself you're selling that you're selling the idea of we're a good company that's going to look after your pride and joy in your of your property you, to to guess you're selling that we're a good company that you want to stay with us um to just yeah man like just learn how to sell learn how to be like good be confident in in, in sell in in pitching sales and in being confident to speak to, to speak to people just Learn how to sell and be confident, man. That's that's one of my top tips. And like one that a bonus tip, if, if I'm allowed one, is um, I say just this kind of contradicting the is what she's saying, but it's also kind of adding to it in terms of know your stuff, man. Like I understand, yeah. What don't watch too much YouTube videos. Don't go go on. Don't like, actually get into do it, but also before you actually do it, know your stuff. Like don't just go into it blind. Yeah. Don't just go into it blind. Don't, don't just see, oh yeah, oh, these guys are doing it. Like for example, it's easy, it's easy for me to, to look at to look at um, guy and Harley saying that, oh guys, oh these guys are young man, like these guys are doing property. Oh, I can do it. You can do it, but you also gotta realize the kind of work that these guys are put in to get to where they where they make they kind of make it look easy. So know your stuff, but also jump, also go in, do it, do it, do it. Make sure you do it. Don't, don't wait too long. Don't be spending a year, three years learning because 
at the end of the day, this is not a university degree. This is not no, you know, this is not GCSE. This is at the end of his business. So learn, know your stuff, but also don't take too long. Don't don't procrastinate it. Because I, I I think a lot of people who a lot of people who say, oh yeah, I'm still learning, I'm still learning, I'm still learning. I think a lot of them they they're masking their they're masking their procrastination in learning. I think they're actually procrastinating. So yeah, make sure you know your stuff, but also don't don't take too long to jump into that. You just scare yourself. You 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 scare yourself. You just, you 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 outthink yourself. You overthink yourself into not doing it because you because if you spend too long not doing it, you will not start thinking of your mind is natural. Your mind will not start thinking of the negative. It's like it's like when you like I remember when I was younger, um, parties would happen like school parties, and I wouldn't get invited to it. And I, before before I, before I found out I didn't get invited to it, I would. You think to myself, oh, I really want to go, I really want to go. But when I when I now not get invited and I know I can't I can't go or I procrastinate not going, I'll start convincing myself why I didn't go. Like, ah, oh, it wasn't that good anyway. It's not that good anyway. It's not this. It's not that. It's same thing with property. It's human psychology. If if you spend too long, if you procrastinate something too long, you start to talk yourself out of it because you let the the, the you let the bad angel on your shoulder start feeding you the negatives of, of it rather than the positive. So. Yeah, man, know your stuff, and yeah, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really, really good point because obviously, like you said, it's important to sort of get the knowledge and um, learn the fundamentals of it, but you don't actually do any learning until you go out and make the mistakes yourself, like like you guys with the Wi-Fi and exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't we haven't done a, a deal yet, but from the sort of ringing agents we've learned loads from actually exactly. speaking to investors we've learned loads um, exactly. Exactly. and yeah but, but imagine imagine you've already got the experience now you've already got the experience of speaking to agents you you i'm sure you're more you're way more confident at speaking to agents now than you than you was on your first call you're like like you guys said you guys changed your letters you, you sent out 80 letters now you sent out 300 letters today you changed it hopefully made it made it improve and better there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that kind of experience because you guys could have, you guys could have easily sat down and sort of said, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm young. I can't really do it. I'm still gonna carry on watching and learning and and watching, listen to poker and watching, which is good. Don't get it wrong, but you guys now are are like ten step ahead of someone who's still watching, who's still watching YouTube videos and just just doing that and kind of using that to pass time. You guys are not, you guys are actually doing it, and you you're more experienced now than you was like i'd say even yesterday you're more experienced than you was today i mean you're more experienced yesterday you're more experienced today than you was yesterday so i'm, I'm getting my words mixed up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah definitely and um obviously i think like we were both pretty nervous when we first rang agents but um now it's almost like second nature i guess because exactly, we, exactly. yeah yeah because we put ourselves in that situation and we were uncomfortable but we've done it so much now it's just sort of i mean we probably still can improve on how we speak to agents but um we're not we're a lot more confident with it so yeah exactly exactly yeah and then um finally then is there any special mentions that you want to give do you want to give in terms of what like just shouting people out yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, shout out, guys. Shout out, Harley. You know what I'm saying? 
Ben. Yeah, shout out Ben. Shout out yeah. Eddie, Top Meadows, you know. Everyone that's come through to our networking events. Yeah, well. AJSA Properties. <laughs> shout out everyone, man. Like, it's, it's yeah. And this goes a shout out to um, Future Mindset because that's that group, man. That group. I've been saying it. I've been saying it to Leah. That group, man. You lot are going places, man. I'm saying that. Are we, I wish. Obviously, I, well, I can still, like, I wish when I was younger and I, I knew about something like that because it's, it's, it's just, it's just a sick idea. Like, yeah, you, you get to meet people that have the same mindset as you and want, I want to better themselves. Yeah. Shout out future mindsets. Shout out. Those are people, man. Like, there's, there's a lot of people. A lot of people, man. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so many people. Uh, you could shout out. We'd probably be here yeah. all night. Um, exactly, but, exactly. But yeah, um, also a massive shout out to everyone who you mentioned. Um, and yeah, it's been great to have you on, guys. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, for the first podcast on SA, it's uh, it's definitely set a high standard. So yeah, <laughs> massive thank, thank you, guys. You, thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you, thank you for having us. We appreciate this because, like, this is our, like you said, this is your first podcast of essay, but this is our first podcast in general. So, like, it's kind, of, it was kind of nerve wracking before, but you know what? Yeah, man, we're here. We're here, Mommy, We made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you smashed it, guys. So, yeah. yeah. Once thank again, you, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Ho- hope to do part two soon when we get a bit more, a bit more knowledge. So. Sure. <laughs> What another amazing episode. We want to thank Zoom Properties once again for coming on. Service accommodation is something we're not too familiar with and we learned so much. So we hope you guys did too. And until next time, we'll see you next week.